hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Thank you for that warm welcome. Great to be with you this morning. And a big hello to our online audience. Great to have you with us as well. Uh, we're in a sermon series called Anxious for Nothing. So um, today I'm talking on anxiety. And uh, I just want to say that I am talking as one who has not yet mastered the art of living anxiety-free. So I am a work in progress, and I want to get better at this. And so I am growing and developing in this area as well. Uh, Who would like to live an anxiety-free life? Yeah. Who would like to grow in this area? I'm talking to the right audience today. When I first became a Christian... Uh, I was 23 years of age, so it was a wee while ago now. I felt this supernatural peace come into my body when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. I'd lived with anxiety for years, and I just didn't realise it was just part of me and my life and how it was. And, and when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, I felt a supernatural peace beyond all understanding, come into my body. And it was amazing, amazing, amazing. And I still uh, feel that peace today, but it's amazing how anxiety can just creep in and, and come into your life and just seem to overwhelm or even swamp that anxiety. So I do, I do still feel anxiety from time to time, uh, when I'm anxious, my heart starts to race. I kind of run on adrenaline. I can feel like a tension in my stomach. I'm easily frustrated. I'm easily angered. I can be impatient and even a little bit erratic in my thinking and actions. And I can also be a little bit more pessimistic. And anxiety is likely to attack me when I'm tired or run down. And I have had more anxiety in recent years, especially last year, than I would like. Uh, I lived with anxiety a lot of last year. And so for me, last year, I was very emotionally tired. And emotional tiredness for me is different than physical tiredness. Uh, I've been an elder and a leader in this church for a long time. I've been senior leader 12 years. We have a, a lot of staff. We, we run a lot of things. And, uh, and you can just get emotionally tired. Um, my father-in-law a few years ago got diagnosed with cancer and that was a journey and then he passed away and that was emotionally tired. And then we went into the season of COVID-19, and that was extremely demanding on pastors. There's, there, there were pastors right through this country burnt out and worn down through COVID-19 and, and for the various reasons about that. And then at the start of last year, being emotionally tired, we also started to build a house that I was project manager of, and that came with uh, demands and expectations as well. So I went through a lot of last year emotionally 
tired and worn down. I'm very grateful for the elders and the leaders that gave me a month off at the end of last year so I could paint my house. And, and uh, again, I was emotionally tired, so I, I had plenty of physical energy, just emotionally depleted. So uh, I was very grateful that, for that. And we've got incredible staff around here and incredible leaders, so I knew that the church was in safe hands and I could detach uh, from that. And I was around if they really, really needed me, but I knew everything was fine. So amazing. I had a month off just to paint my house. And uh, I was a house painter for 20 years before I became a pastor. So uh, I don't have to even think when I paint houses. It's uh, incredibly easy for me. So, ah, amazing, isn't it? Just go to work. No demands, no pressure, just paint a house. Ah, life couldn't get any easier than that, you would think. But when you enter into a space like that and you're carrying anxiety and all of a sudden you've got all day just to be with your thoughts and your thinking and you're actually anxious and, uh, and, and you can, when you're anxious you can naturally go to negative thinking Man, I could uh, take thoughts and, uh, and really get myself in a bad space, just thinking negatively and thinking badly and uh, too much time to think and uh, make a, a mountain out of a molehill or a mountain out of a not even molehill. Um, I actually, <laughs> actually got into my worst headspace right there in my time of rest. Um, I, I really, really was in a bad space for a wee while. I'm so grateful for Gavin, who's here today. He, uh, he came over and would be with me. Um, it's amazing how God will send somebody to you, somebody that you'll sometimes least expect. He was off work with his foot in the moon boot at the time, so he was unable to work, but he, he could stand, and so he would actually just come over and roll walls for me so I'd do the cutting in and the prep and stuff and uh, it was just really really nice having somebody in the house with me uh, he's got that calming influence he doesn't he's not demanding as a person he's very relaxed and casual and just having somebody in the house was just really really nice for me and uh, plus this guy actually likes uh, meat pie and a, and a steak sandwich even more than I do so it was really, really nice having him, having him around. But uh, yeah, I, I was emotionally exhausted. And uh, I, I think about Jesus when he walked through the crowd and uh, the woman with the issue of blood touched him and virtue left him. And uh, you know, I've been in a job for years where, where people want to draw from you or draw from your energy. And I... I used to have a lot of anxiety about my phone ringing or buzzing or beeping because I think, what does somebody want from me now? Because people normally text you, email you, ring you when they want something from you rather than they want to give something to you emotionally. And so I even had anxiety there. But uh, thankfully, I had my time of rest. And uh, I kid you not, it took three weeks for that anxiety to leave me. It was like stopping a train. I mean, I'd been anxious for so long. It took a long time for that anxiety to leave me. 
But I'm pleased to say today that that anxiety has not come back. I've had moments of anxiety with uh, selling a house and stuff, and I still get a little bit anxious uh, watching rugby. Um, I support the Otago Highlanders, and we've just lost three in a row. Maybe I should be a chief supporter. I mean, they win all the time. I'd have, I'd have less anxiety uh, supporting them right now, wouldn't I? But, uh, you know, um, but I, I'm, I'm normal, I'm back, and I'm feeling good. But I do not want to go back into anxiety. Let's go to Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in ev- be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, there's so much power in prayer and worship and honouring God and bringing God into your life and into circumstances uh, because he comes with a peace. But I just want to ask a question now. How are you doing today? Uh, What would you score your anxiety levels out of 10? Are you a 10 out of 10, just extremely anxious? Or are you a zero, just the perfect peace of God, or somewhere in the middle? Um, I think we can all feel levels of anxiety in areas of life. Sometimes work can be going well, but then... The, the, with family, you could have a little bit of anxiety or there's, you know, we can have some things great and some things not so good and that's just life, isn't it? It's not very often where just like everything's perfect and everything's good. So how are you doing right now? Living anxiety free and in the perfect peace of God would be nice, wouldn't it? So again, Philippians 4 verse 67 says, Be anxious for nothing. And I actually look back at my life and I think about the times where I was anxious for nothing, where I was anxious for no good reason, you know, whatever it was that I was anxious about, it just turned around and things sorted themselves out and I actually allowed myself to be anxious for nothing for no good reason. But be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I guess it's important that um, we bring God into our life, and when we're feeling anxiety, allow him in, and to and to come and bring that peace and that calming influence. I now want to go to Matthew 8, verse 23 to 27. And uh, this is where Jesus calms a storm. And, uh, you know, I believe I have personal understanding and revelation of this today, which I'm excited about sharing with you. So verse 23. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly... A fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. How do you sleep through that? The disciples went and woke him up, 
shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Do you think they've got a little bit of anxiety? (laughs) Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and he rebuked the wind and waves and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus is the greatest teacher of all time. Do you think Jesus allowed the disciples to experience anxiety to perhaps teach them a lesson? Jesus is the greatest teacher of all time, and here he has his disciples out on a field trip. Mate, when I was a student, I liked the field trips. It was better than the classroom learning, wasn't it? He had his students on a field trip, and the storm and the waves were all part of his lesson. Why were they afraid? In verse 18, he'd already told them that they were going to cross over to the other side. So they were going to cross over to the other side. So why were they so afraid? You see, the thing that I see about Jesus was that he was in the storm, but the storm was not in him. Jesus was in the storm, but the storm was not in him. You see, there's been times where I've known the supernatural grace of God, where the the storms of life have been all around me and I've just walked through with perfect peace. But there's been other times where I've allowed the storms that are out there to all of a sudden flood into my mind and into my heart and all of a sudden I'm flooded with anxiety. Jesus and the disciples were in the same storm, but for Jesus, the peace of God was within him and the storm was there. But for the disciples, I believe, the storm was not only there, but the storm had entered into their mind and into their heart and flooded them with anxiety. And I know that uh, in recent years, Um, the storm wasn't just out there for me. It had come into my mind and into my heart. And man, uh, that's not where we want the storm to be. Let's go to Psalm 139, verse 22. This is David. David's got the heart after God. And gosh, we can learn a lot from the life of David. Psalm 139, verse 22. Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. What's David doing? He's focusing on the enemies, his enemies and the enemies of God. And now we see a switch taking place. Verse 23. Search me. O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. 
David's looking at his enemies, God's enemies. And then he turns on himself and says, search me, O God. Know my heart. David goes from focusing on his enemy to then focusing on the enemy. And so often we focus on the enemy, the things that are causing our anxiety. Oh, I'm anxious because of these kids. I'm so anxious because of my workplace. It's school that's causing this. The government. But David actually knew to deal with anxiety, you've actually got to actually not look out there, but actually turn and look in here. It's the enemy. What, what have we allowed to come in? Is the storm out there, or have we allowed the storm to come in here? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. It's not what is out there that makes us anxious. It's what we allow in here, undetected and unchecked. You see, David was a worshipper. David was one who would pray. And we live in a crazy, fast-paced world. But part of the Christian life is being still, meditating, reflecting, reading the word, praying, worshipping, Sabbath rest, resting in the peace of God. The world might be fast-paced, but we're not to be of that world. Are we taking time to be still and to reflect and to ask God into our lives and say, God, test me, search me. So it's good to ask the question, Lord, why am I anxious? And life is complex, isn't it? And anxiety is complicated. It often stems from a nervous system rattled with a never-ending stream of some subconscious fear. Anxiety is complex. It can affect our brains and our thinking in many different ways. It can affect the amygdala, that's the, the fight-flight-freeze part. Anxiety, man, can overwhelm that part of our brain. But it can also attack the right uh, side of our brain. That's the part where we see pictures and our imagination. And all of a sudden, when we're full of anxiety, we can imagine the worst. It can also attack the left side of the brain, which is the cognitive side, the logical side. You know, when we're trying to logically step things out, but we're full of fear, and all of a sudden, all these steps seem to be anxious and fearful. And I know this for me, and it's for a lot of men, we can be frustrated when we can't bring things to a close or closure, when things are outside of our control, where we're relying on other people. Because if, for, for, for me, if I'm anxious and I can see a full stop or an end to it, 
uh, I'm better than when things are out of control and I'm relying on other people. So all that to say is anxiety is very, very complicated. <laughs> and uh, it's not always complicated to God and maybe we can go to him. Now, some 20 years ago, me and Lisa worked in youth. We weren't the youth pastors. We were youth pastors that, that served alongside others. So 20 years ago, I was a youth pastor. 20 years ago, I was an old youth pastor. I was 31. <laughs> but we used to have a saying, and it went like this to our youth. Garbage in, garbage out. But I can say that to adults too, can't I? Garbage in, garbage out. And we used to say that to our youth. And what we were really telling our youth was this. Don't listen to rock and roll music and don't watch bad movies. Isn't it? That was what we were really trying to get across. But gosh, uh, isn't it life so much more complicated today? And think about it. For a young person, uh, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Snapchat, there's the constant barrage of videos and messages coming through to them. Uh, life's a lot more complicated for our young people today. Uh, when I was young, we had the goodnight Kiwi and... Uh, TV would stop, full stop. About one o'clock in the morning, it would stop and it wouldn't start again to eight. We had a, there was a code of ethics that um, you didn't ring people on their landline between eight, uh, 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 before eight in the morning or after nine o'clock at night. But I, I kid you not, my phone dings, is dinging at six in the morning and it's still dinging at 11 o'clock at night. Maybe we need to come back into having a code of ethics and allowing people to have a stop to their day and weekends being weekends. Uh, but I'm, I just really honour the youth pastors. Georgia, Ruby, my goodness. Uh, um, youth work was challenging 20 years ago. The, how challenging is it today? But I just also want to say for us adults... Life is a lot more challenging than it used to be. And uh, if we're not careful, we can have a lot more anxiety than we used to feel. So garbage in, garbage out. What are you... Uh, another one is, you are what you eat. You heard that one? What are we feeding our minds? What are we feeding this? Garbage in, garbage out. You are what you eat. Good things in, good things out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Something that really helped me in my anxiety last year was Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And I just think about that. God's my shepherd. He's in control. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Ah. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he's right beside me. 
His rod and his staff, they comfort me. And I just think of Jesus, my shepherd, with the rod in his hand. It wasn't, it's not for whacking the sheep, it's for protecting them from wolves. So the Lord's before me and he's right beside me. And surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. He's before me, he's beside me, and goodness and mercy is following up behind. And I just feel a sense of peace when I felt anxiety come. And so that's why Psalm 23 is the prophetic scripture for 23 for us. It helps us. It helps me to know that God is in control. Can I get the band up now, please? Let's go back to Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, sticking with the theme, garbage in, garbage out, I guess the opposite is true, isn't it? Good things in, good things out. Let's go to verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. You know, often our battle is up here, the battlefield of the mind. We can be naturally wired to look at negative things. But, you know, we're not to focus on the negative, we're to focus on the good. And there's so much power in focus. Um, they, they train snipers to aim small. They say, aim big, you'll miss big. Aim at a shirt, you'll miss it. But aim at a button and you'll hit a button. Aim small, hit small. And I remember as a, as a kid, uh, my, da my dad played darts and he taught me how to throw, throw darts. And uh, he'd teach me like, just before you throw that dart, you focus on what you're wanting to hit. He said, you watch. You focus on it and it'll become bigger before you throw the dart. And you're normally trying to hit the triple 20, and you do. You just look at it and then you focus, and it does. It becomes larger, and I still miss. But not as by, but, but not by as much as if I, if I, if I wasn't focusing. <laughs> and you see those goal kickers, they do their, like, gosh, they do crazy stuff. And when they kick in a goal these days, but they actually pause and they're using their imagination. They're, they're seeing their contact point of the ball and they're seeing the ball go through the uprights before they, before they kick it. The power of focus, the power of our imagination. It's so powerful. And do you know what else is powerful? 
coming to church and worshipping God. <laughs> because what we actually do is we put our focus on God. And then we get the right perspective because our God is big. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, I've been worrying about that all week. It's quite small and insignificant when I'm looking at a big God and knowing that He is with me. There's so much power in worship and prayer. And, uh, and I want to have a time of worship before we go out, focusing on our God. But right now, can we all stand to our feet? And can we just take a moment, because part of the Christian life is to be still, reflect, allow God in. And can we be like David and say, search me, O God. Know my anxious thoughts. God, right now, we just want to be in your presence. And with our eyes focused on you, Lord, we ask you to come in and search our hearts. And we even ask the question, why am I anxious, Lord? And what wisdom can you bring to me today? What changes can I make? What can I lay down? How can I trust you more? I want to sing the song, How Great Is Our God, because He is a great God. I want to put our focus on Him. But we always open up the floor for for prayer, and uh, you can come up for prayer for anything.